Hello and welcome to Opera Apero, the show to help you better understand operas. And on today's episode, I have my friend Max with me. Maxwell? Maxwell. Okay, cool. Um, you haven't I, known me for long enough to call me Max yet. Mm, when I met you, you were like, well, Bulgarians can call me that. Ah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, <laughs> you have permission. Max or Maxi, then, um, is what I go by in Bulgaria. Okay. So, on today's show, I have Maxwell. Um, and we're going to be talking about Leos Janacek's opera, Yanufa. Um, Yanufa? What language is that? Czech. Czech? Yeah, so the opera is in Czech. You chose a Slavic opera for us. Um, I didn't know the Slavs made opera, to be honest. The Slavs do make opera. I guess I've maybe heard of Russian opera? There's definitely Russian opera. Much more prominent than a lot of other Slavic opera. Um, mm. But for context, you did ask me for something scary and romantic. Uh, and so this is very... The closest I could find was very tragic mm-hmm. and romantic. Mm-hmm. Actually, part of the way I was like... Does this have romance in it? I feel like it does, but I may. And it it does. It does. Okay, okay. Yeah. But it just might be drowned in, like, tragedy. Yeah. Like, okay. It's a lot of tragedy. It's going to be very upsetting. Are you ready? I'm ready to be upset. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So before we talk about the opera, how do we know each other? Yeah, that's a good question. How do we know each other? Well, it's my question to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, we know each other, um, because we have, uh, a couple of mutual friends who have been hyping up Sophia to me for years. Years? For years. Uh, and then, uh, a while back, um, we actually met for the, for the first time. Um, and so we, we bonded over the fact that we're like opposites because I don't know how much of yourself. Um, you've like revealed on the show, um, but Sofia is a Bulgarian who grew up in Florida, and I'm a Floridian who grew up in Bulgaria. So we bonded over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all. Would you say? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Right. I would say that's about right. I think you were also equally hyped up by these friends that we have. Um, hyped up. Yeah, yeah. It was very like, oh, you still haven't met Maxwell. Oh, oh, you have to go yeah. meet Max. Oh my god. And then yeah. Did I live up to uh, your expectations? Yeah, I mean, you brought Rakia to the recording, that's so... True, that's um, true, Actually, um, before we, like, get into the opera, um, I, I was wondering if um, if we could use the Rakia to play a drinking game for the opera. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't quite know how opera works, um, but, I, like, I don't know, like, maybe every time, like, an aria occurs, we take a shot, or, or every time, like, there's infidelity or murder... Um, uh, we take a shot. Okay, yeah, let's do the latter. The, because like, anytime there's infidelity or murder. Yeah, basically, like all of opera is like a series of arias. Okay. So you would just like always be taking a shot. I only have half a bottle here, so. <laughs> and it's appropriately placed in a plastic water bottle. Yeah. The real Balkan way. No, like this is just for the aesthetics. Um, <laughs> uh, because you know I'm not a real Bulgarian. I took uh, industrially made. Uh, brand name Rukia and put it in a plastic bottle instead of getting it from my grandfather because I don't have a Bulgarian grandfather. So, that's why it's in a plastic bottle. Okay, so infidelity, murder, is there anything else that we should add to that list? Um, we can yeah. also just do, like, anything tragic. Anything, so anytime we want to drink, we... Yeah. Okay. 
Just signal me. Infidelity, murder, and tragedy yeah. is what we'll be drinking on this yeah. podcast. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, so now we have... And I mean the rakia, not the, the wine that we have here. I was going to be listening to this and she's going to be like, you drink too much. To this. My mom is my number one listener. She's listened to every episode. Zdravejte, Magdana, Sofia. Pozdraví od apartamenta Sofia v Berlín. Very good. Go. Yeah, good job. Um, okay, so now that we've covered all those bases, I, my second question to mm-hmm. you is, have you ever been to an opera before? I have been to an opera. Okay. I can't believe I didn't tell you this last time. Okay. Um, because yeah, because I have a special connection to the opera actually, um, which I didn't mention. Um, so I lost my virginity to an opera singer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Like it's a it's a true story. It happened um, a while back. Um, this was this was in my like. Uh, virgin days um, I, I matched with an opera singer on Tinder um, you know things went well I went to her place um, and um, you know we had sex um, and I like okay but after sex that then she's like hey uh, tomorrow night my opera who I play the, the titular character in is premiering do you want to come to the opera? Um, wow. And and so I went to the opera um, for free. You know, I'm, I'm sitting uh, mere, like, 24 hours after I first had sex. And then I'm watching the opera, and the main character is, is the woman I had sex with. And, like, honestly, my entire, entire sex life since then has just been downhill. Like, I've been chasing that high ever since. <laughs> what was the opera? It was, um, it was like an experimental adaptation of L'Orfeo. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Was she good? In, In the, the opera? opera? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, she was excellent. Um, yeah. It was a good opera. It was, it was, um, I don't know, it was super strange. It was like experimental and weird and it had like projections and like interesting like moving set design uh she sang really well um you know it was it was a interesting production um but i think i'm ready to jump back in (laughs) okay well then let's jump back in (laughs) the opera we're talking about today as i mentioned is yenofa um by leo shionacek um He's from the former Czechoslovakia, uh, mm-hmm. what would now be the Czech Republic. Um, they changed the name again. It's Czechia now. Since when? Since like 2019, maybe? Damn. 2020? I don't know. Damn, I gotta keep up. Interesting tidbits about the opera. Um, well, this is Janáček's third opera, um, but it was like one of his like most popular ones. Um, which actually, this one premiered in... I didn't look up how to say the city's name. Bern- Berno? Oh, Berno. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, <have no> idea. <laughs> I think it's something like Berno. Berno. Um, yeah, in 1904. In 1904, okay. Yeah. Um, and it was placed on, based on a play called Jeji Pastorkina by Gabriela Prysova. 
Yeah, so it's based on a play by this, like, other woman. Um, but in, in the end, um, Janacek's daughter, Olga, died in 1903. And this was premiered in 1904. And he dedicated the opera to her. Okay. Um, actually, she died when she was 21. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's really sad. Um, and he still wrote an opera about it. Well, he was actually already working on the opera, um, and then he dedicated it to her. Mm. Yeah, okay, so, act one. Oh, yeah, act one, okay. How many acts are there? Great question. There's three. Uh, We start in a mill in a small village in the end of summer. In the, like, text, it's set in Moravia, which is, like, now just a part of Czechia. Um, yeah, so the mill is owned by grandmother Uria, and she has two grandsons, mm-hmm. Steva, Steva, and Lacha, and Steva manages the mill, and Lacha works in the mill, um, and the two of them are both in love with Yanufa, who is kind of a cousin to them mm-hmm. in, like, some tricky way. The two grandsons are both in love with Yanufa, the cousin. So they're both in love with her, but she's actually in love with Steva and... Who's Steva? One of the grandsons of the grandmother, Buria, who owns the mill that they're sitting in front but, of. Wait, but, but the two grandsons are in love with her? The two grandsons are in love with Yenofa. And she's only in love with one of them? Yes. Oh, okay. There's no polyamory. <laughs> okay, I think uh, this is already tragic. <laughs> Unrequited love. Um, it's, it's heavy. So she's on with Steva, and she is already pregnant by him. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so when the show begins, Yenufa, Lacha, and Grandmother Buria are outside the mill waiting for Steva to return home to find out whether or not he's been conscripted into the army. And so they're waiting, and Yenufa starts to sing about how She's kind of like anxious and worried about um, Steva being conscripted because if he's conscripted, then they can't get married, which means that everyone will find out that she's pregnant and it'll bring immense shame to the family. But if she got it in in time, she could marry the other brother instead, the other grandson instead. But she's not in love with him. Yeah, <laughs> but to save her, her like social standing, yes. it could happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the meantime, Lacha is sitting with grandmother Buria and playing with it. He's playing with a wooden knife and kind of like complaining about his position because at the, at the time, like tradition dictated that a lot of stuff would go to, um, Steva uh, because of like birth order and stuff. And also, so he's like lower on the chain in the family and he's also lower in love with Yanufa. Um, and he's just like a little like pissy about it. Uh, this is very biblical so far. Is like, it? Like, y- you know, you have, like, brothers competing for the love, uh, or siblings competing for the love of another. Mm-hmm. I feel like this happens multiple times in the Bible. You have, I like, I think you might know lines. the Bible better than I do. Or are you not a good Christian? <gasps> oh, I thought this was a Christian podcast. <laughs> Rip out the earplugs and leave. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so he's sitting there, 
and complaining. And while he's complaining, he's playing with his knife. Uh, and then he like complains that the knife is also not sharp enough. And he hands it to the foreman of the mill uh, to asking him to sharpen it. Um, and then at this point, like the foreman takes it and then he's like, oh, by the way, like Steva wasn't conscripted into the army. Um, and then like most of the family members are relieved except for Lacha, uh, who is like, damn it. <laughs> like if Steva just was like out of my way, then I could like get my girl, Yenufa. Mm. Um, and he's just like, gets even a little bit more aggravated. Um, and so then at this, all the new army recruits come in. Um, so the people who were conscripted and Steva's with them, but he's like drunk off his ass because he's been celebrating the fact that he doesn't have to go into the army. And so because he's drunk, he's talking about like how he's free and he's like boasting. And uh, he's also talking about how all the girls in the village like swoon after him. Uh <laughs> And uh, he's just, like, celebrating. And so then he sees Yenufa, and then he, like, calls for some music. And he's like, let's dance. And she's, like, very reluctantly not wanting to dance in this scenario. He he calls for some music to be, like, like he summons the the town band and asks them, what do you think he he played? I don't know. Man, I watched the opera, and I don't remember. You know, it's jovial music. Is Jovial Do you think it was uh, Pony by Genuine? Because <laughs> I feel like that's really fitting for this situation right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he summons Pony by Genuine. Yeah. Um, in the town square. In the town in square. and Or no, it's no, not Burno. It's, it's, it's in the, yeah, 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 we're in a village. We're not in a city. Okay, so um, he's, he's in the village square. Mm-hmm. And drunk, and then he like pulls Yenifa to dance with him, uh, and she's very reluctant, doesn't really want to, but he's like drunk and like, mm-hmm. you know, you know when you have that dr- one drunk friend and you're just like, come on, and then he like pull you to do something with them, mm-hmm. um, and then in comes the Kostelnichka, uh, which the Kostelnichka, Kostelnichka. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm never going to say it for the rest of the play. So she's um, she's Yenifa's stepmother. The Kostyanichka. Mm-hmm. Does that mean stepmother? I don't think it does. Um, because in a lot of playbills, she's referred to as the sextoness. She was like something related with the church. Okay. I don't know. I see church stuff in my like. I'm like, whatever. I don't need to know this. Um, I see church stuff. I'm like, these are my people here. But she comes, so her stepmother basically comes in and sees this whole scandal of Yenufa dancing. Whose stepmother is this? Yenufa's stepmother. Yenufa's stepmother, okay. Mm -hmm. And um, she sees all this and she like stops the music and stops the dancing and berates Steva for being a drunk and she basically like forbids Yenufa from marrying Steva um until he has like been sober for a year and oh fuck oh my god so she does this and while she's doing this she's saying like 
how her mother warned her not to marry a particular man and then like how her life was difficult because he would go and spend all his money on alcohol and then there wouldn't be enough money left for them and then when she would complain about it he would beat her um yeah so it's all coming from like a place of protection yeah it makes sense but would you date someone for a year sober like (laughs) i feel like drinking is one of the best things to do with someone you're like falling in love with like it's it's definitely great to like be drinking with a romantic partner yeah so she basically warns you know it's like if you're with this man like you're not you're not set your future's not Mm going to be good it's not looking up um and at this point like the crowd kind of disperses for like the crowd always disperses for one reason or another you know how they disperse um and (laughs) yenofa begs steva to like behave so that they won't have to put off the wedding um and in response he doesn't really commit to actually wedding her he just talks about like oh don't worry like even though i can get with like any girl in this town you have like the prettiest rosy cheeks (laughs) checks do have quite rosy cheeks this is can be be confirmed Um, (laughs) wait okay so he 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 doesn't say i'm gonna marry you he says like i have a massive dick i could fuck anyone in this town but you have some nice cheeks that i would like to squeeze kind of yeah i like your pair you should paraphrase other operas (laughs) why am i hosting this (laughs) So, she has rosy cheeks. The rosiest in the town. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And actually, it's pretty minor, but, like, in the beginning of this opera, people have also already, like, commented about, like, what a beautiful woman she is. Um, But it's not really relevant to the plot. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, at this point, he's just, like, drunk and, like, saying shit like that um, and not really committing to her. Uh... And some synopses claim that he doesn't actually know that she's pregnant. Um, so unclear mm. if he knows that she's preggers. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And so now grandmother Buria comes back and was like, yeah, you need to like rest off the drunkenness. Um, and they leave. And then Yenifa stays seated uh, by the mill and she just keep goes back to work like a good Eastern European woman. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then uh, Lasha approaches the mm. other grandson and kind of like... Has his knife been sharpened to his satisfaction yet? Mm, not really, but he does have his knife back. Okay. So he um, starts to kind of tease her about like loving Shteva um, and is like, you know, like... He teases her and her love for him, and she defends her lover, of course. Um, So they get increasingly annoyed with each other, and they're, like, going back and forth. And then at one point, Yenufa's, like, saying something and being very passionate, and Lacha's being very passionate, and he accidentally slashes her cheek. The rosy one. Yeah, the rosy cheeks. Yeah. Accidentally, he accidentally pulls out a knife. And yeah, it is quite tragic. Uh, cheers. 
Um, he pulls out a knife and slashes her cheek. Mm-hmm. She cries out, and then he's like, oh my gosh, like, I've loved you my all my life. Um, and then she kind of, like, rushes to, you know, get help for her bleeding cheek. Um, and one of the mill workers has wait, wait. seen the accident. He cuts her, and then he's like, I've loved you my whole life. Mm-hmm. What a dick. Why? What? Why do you think that's a dick move? He, he could have presumably told her he loved her without... No, her. but it's like, you know, when it's like, when you hurt someone and you're like, oh, damn, I didn't... Uh, need... Okay, and then... Because yeah. he's just done this, like, awful thing that's, like, very... It's going to, like, be there forever, you know? And he's just like, oh, no, oh, I really? love you. Oh, so he's like, oh, if you were to get with me, this scar on your cheek would be a sign of our love. And be like every time you see yourself in the mirror. Well, that's you can not how I interpreted it. <laughs> the day we got together. <laughs> oh shit! So one of the mill workers sees it mm. and is like explaining what happened to the foreman, and is like it was an accident. But then Lacha is already like running away, and so the foreman yells at him like, "Yeah, come back! Like I know you did this on purpose," and so. There's like contention around like whether or not he did it on purpose or not, and then that's the act of act end of act one. End of act one. Yeah, so we're a third of the way wow. through the opera. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, gespannt. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear what happens next. Bist du begeistert? Ich bin begeistert. Ich bin sehr begeistert. <laughs> um, so act two is six months later, which. If you recall, Act One was at the end of summer, so six months later would place us in like deep winter. Okay. And we are at the, how do you say her name? Kostelnitschka. <laughs> I don't speak Czech. I speak Me Czech. neither. A better Slavic language. Uh, Kostelnitschka. Kostelnitschka. Um, we're at the Kostelnitschka's cottage, and. Um, Yenufa secretly gave birth to the child and has been hiding out in the cottage this with Kostelnitschka. Yeah, this whole time. Um, and so we open up the scene and she's talking about how serene and lovely her newborn baby is. He hasn't cried in the eight days since he's been born. So the Kostelnitschka complains about the situation that she's mm-hmm. like bearing. Uh, and she's like, he hasn't cried. Because Yonofa's like, he hasn't cried in the eight days since she's been he's been born. And Kostinchka's like, yeah, but he will cause so much trouble and cry so much more in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is Kostinchka a Slav? Yeah. Because this is like peak Slavic shit. <laughs> Being like, my children will bring me so much suffering in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So she complains, and then meanwhile, Yennefer is like, I'm tired, I'm gonna go rest and take a nap, and then Kostelnitschka is like, before you go, here's a cup of tea to help you relax. <laughs> is there a rakia in the tea? Uh, there's something in the tea. Mm, okay. So she's actually kind of poisoned Yennefer to, like, um, make her sleep longer, um... And so Yennefer goes into this other room and then falls asleep. So while she's taking a nap, 
Kostelnitschka has actually written a note to Steva. Um, and so he comes, and so she's basically summoned him, and he shows up to the cottage, and um, he's like, I got your note. Why are you calling me? And she's like, well, the baby has been born. And then she kind of, like, s- slides in a few, like, slide slide remarks about, like, you never showed up, you never came by the whole time that Yerufa was just pregnant here. Um, and she's like, you know what? I don't care anymore. Like, you guys can get married because that will, like, ultimately bring the, le- the least amount of shame on me and Yanufa and the child. Um, and Shteva is like, nah, can't do that. Um, Why not? There's three reasons. <laughs> Depends how you count it, actually. So he's like, I don't love Yenufa anymore, so I can't marry her. And I don't love her because she's not beautiful anymore since she she had her beauty ruined. Since she got cut? Since she got cut, yeah. Um, she is no longer beautiful since the accident. And her personality has darkened. <laughs> and he's like... You scare me, and I see that same, like, intimidation in her now, too. So I can't love her. And the third reason is that he's already engaged to be married to Karolka, the daughter of the mayor. Okay, I feel like this is, isn't necessarily infidelity, but it's close. It's close enough. Very to, close. Uh, uh, wow, I have to say, those are some, like... Those are some like Slavic reasons for not being able to marry someone. I, like, I, I don't know what to expect from opera, and I was expecting like, I'm in love with someone else, which he is, but but that he's like, her mood has darkened, and she has a cut on her cheek. Like, those are some bullshit reasons, and but they're like You're really like, dramatic. She reasons just doesn't look at there. the world the same way she yeah. used to. This is like you can see that he's definitely smoking a cigarette as he's saying this. <laughs> He probably has some like, like dark eyeshadow on. Yeah. Like he's he's wearing a black suit. Um, with like a wife beater underneath it, and, and he's uh, like smiling. what you're wearing. <laughs> a wife beater with a dark suit jacket. <laughs> Complaining about. <laughs> oh. uh, no, I'm wearing a suit. I'm wearing a suit because we're talking about the opera. Um, <laughs> But this guy, you can see what he's like. You can see yeah. he's he's being really overly dramatic mm-hmm. and and really expressing well, his like angst at the world. Actually, gets even more dramatic okay. because yeah. in in the same scene, Kostelnitschka is like, "Come see your son. Like, come. He looks just like you. He has your pale skin, and uh, like, come hold him." And Steva refuses to hold him, and then she was like, "Just just like look at him." And Steva is like puts his hands over his eyes and, like, is in pain, shame, like, the pain you feel from being ashamed of yourself and, like, cannot even look at his own child. Um, And to sum up the whole conversation, he's like, I, well, one, I can't marry Yanufa. Um, He's like, but I can, like, support you and give you money as long as you don't say that I'm the father of this child. 
Oh. I love this kind of shit. Like, when, 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 like, everyone in a small village... I feel like we don't relate to this as much. Like, I, I think we've both grown up in, like, bigger cities. But, like, when you're in a small village... And, like, there, there's no escape. Like, you're stuck in this situation. Mm-hmm. And everyone around you is stuck in it, too. Yeah. Because you're all involved in each other's lives. Yeah. Uh, so when you do some shit, it's everyone's shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, the theme of the opera. <laughs> so, Kostanichka is, like, horrified. Um, and Steva runs away. And she curses him. Um, yeah, and then she also curses the child, saying, like, everything would be easier if, like, this kid wasn't here. Um, and then Lasha arrives, because apparently, over the last few months, anytime he feels a little bit lonely, he just goes on over to Kostunichka and has a chat, you know, as you do with an auntie. Wait, he's not having a chat with Steva. Not Steva, with, um... Uh, Yanufa. He's not having a chat with Yanufa. Mm-mm. He's having a chat with Kostelnichka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, and so he goes to Kostelnichka and uh, he's like, I, I'm not sure, but I feel like I just saw Steva like walking away and like the opposite, like on my way here. Like, was he here? Or like him and Yanufa back together? Is she marrying Steva? Like, what's the sitch? Like how do I how do I play into this? You know, like oh. be my wing woman. <laughs> no respect. Like he's he's been putting in the effort mm-hmm. over the past six months. Um, oh, and so yeah. at this yeah, Vatima, um at this point, Kostanchka breaks down and tells Lacha the whole story. Confessing that, in fact, Yenifa never left the village, which is the story that was told to all the villagers, was that Yenifa left the city. So no one knows that she's actually been in the cottage. Not even Lacha. Not even Lacha. Wow. And has been visiting this cottage all the time. I feel like there's an easy solution here. What's that? I assume Lacha and Steva look pretty similar. <laughs> like, like he, I think, he's, he I seems think like they're a nice half guy, brothers. So. I think they're oh, half brothers. Yeah. I, I feel like it's close enough. You know, this was before the era of like DNA testing and Mori and all that shit. Like, I feel like um, Lacha could easily be like, um, "Hey, Yanufa, I've been coming through for the past six months. I've been having chats with your auntie." Um, well, like, his auntie, her stepmother. Wait, it's his auntie? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know. Okay, okay, okay. Everyone's like, an auntie. auntie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been having chats with your stepmother. I've been I've been putting in the work. How about we just say this kid's mine? Uh, we forget about the whole I cut you incident. And, and we settle down and have a nice life in this village. I like how you're just like creating alternate like endings for the opera that you don't know the ending of. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten that, that you were excited the end of this opera to me. Um, I understand there's a period. You can be like, when, yo, Janicek, how about how does this sound? Yeah. Scribble that one in. Um, do you think do you think some like Czech guy in nineteen oh four knows better than we do how to 
He probably does. He probably yeah. knows how to live life in the Czech Republic. I think he knows how China's, to. I yeah. think he knows how to live yeah. life in a Moravian village. He does. He certainly does. Um, but I'm saying, if this was in like in Bulgaria in 1904, this is what I would do. <laughs> okay. So she tells him this whole story about how Yennefer's actually been here um, and had a child by Steva. And he's like, oh, man, like, I still love Yennefer and would want to be with her. But, like, I don't know if I could, like, accept raising a child that's, like, Steva's, really. And Kostanichka goes, well, like, no, the child died. What? Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Is that why the child hasn't cried in eight days? Because it's dead? This is death. No, this isn't murder, but it's death. Alluded death. Yeah. Simulated death. Simulated what? What do you mean simulated? Faked. It's She's faked the death of the child. For, oh, the child hasn't died? The child's not dead. Oh, okay. No, the child's not dead. But she's told him that it's dead. Okay, okay. Because she was like, oh, he won't marry her if... The child's alive, so I'll just tell him the child's dead. Okay. And so then she's like, okay, now Lacha, like, she sends him on an errand. And then she goes into this huge aria where she's, like, extremely distressed by the amount of shame that her and Yenufa feel. Um, and, like, the possible kind of like exclusion from society in this village. And she also thinks about how easily she could like, if she killed this child, she could like save Yenufa. She's like talking about how she could save her and like preserve her future. Yeah. She also, maybe you can also weigh in on this part. So, cause I didn't get it. She thinks about how easily she could get rid of the child and that, like, it hasn't sinned because it's still so young. <laughs> Is there so something she... about, like, dying and not having sinned? No. So, like, as we've discussed, I grew up really Christian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and there's this, there's this thing in the, like, strand of Christianity I grew up in of, like, children who die young go to heaven. I feel like eight days old children aren't, like, lusting or coveting or, like, being jealous or any of that shit. Like, I feel like they're still good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so she's has this huge aria where she's extremely, like, tortured by, like, the position that she's in where she feels responsible for Yanufa and her, like, future and wants to set her up and is, like, extremely distressed by the situation that they're in. And um, is like, well, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's not like anyone knows about this kid and like the kid hasn't sinned. So the kid would definitely go to heaven, apparently. Um, And so she takes the infant and leaves the cottage and goes to drown it in the icy stream in the village. That's really sad. That's... That yeah, that's heavy. Because remember, it's winter time. So oh, it's winter time. Yeah, it's winter time. So we're deep winter. Because remember, Act One, late summer. Yeah. Act Two, deep winter. 
So the like river stream is like covered in ice. And so she plans to just put it in the ice. All right. So she leaves to kill the child. Uh, And Yenifo wakes up. Um, She wakes up sometime later while the Kostonjka is out Mm. committing infanticide. Um, And she comes out from her room and she's like, oh my gosh, I want to see my baby. And then she's like, where's my baby? But also, Kostonjka's not here either. Like... Oh, I bet that like Kostonishka just took her down, took my baby down to the village to show Steva the baby and to show all the villagers like what a cute like baby I have. Um, and so she kind of like convinces herself of this story. And then Kostonishka mm-hmm. comes back and is surprised to see that Yunufa is awake. She's like, What are you doing up? Like, because. Wait, wait, Kostonishka comes back, Sam's baby. Yeah. Fuck. Because she killed the baby. She killed the baby. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, I I was like, I was, you, when you said the baby died, I was like, oh, fuck, why'd the baby die? And you're like, no, don't worry, the baby's still alive. Yeah, you the baby was. all that just to tell the me baby the baby was still killed. alive when you, when, at that point, but the Jesus baby's dead Christ. now. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't approve of this. Are you scared? Am I scared? I'm not scared. I'm just like. Okay, up. I am. I'm worried about what's going to happen next. Okay. Um, and, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go. I'll tell them what happens next. So, she's surprised that she's awake. Um, Yunufa asks where the baby is. And... Kostelnichka goes, Oh my god, Yunufa, you had a fever, and you've been asleep for the last two days. Um... And in that time, the baby died, and but you were just like so ill and sick, and we had a funeral and everything, and already buried the baby. Like I'm so sorry. And Yanufa starts sobbing and is like, "Okay, like what about like Steva? Um, like did like did he like all this stuff?" And and Kostanushka is now a little bit honest and tells her actually the whole extent of the interaction that she had with Sheva about mm-hmm. like that he doesn't love you anymore. He's like he didn't want to look at the baby and he's gonna marry this other woman. Um and so Yenufa is broken as a woman. Oh like love of her life left her for another woman. Her well, baby is dead. Left her while she was pregnant. Yeah. And then um, and then left her for another woman and didn't show any support at all. Like, never came by while she was pregnant. Um, and then her baby's dead. Yeah. This makes me feel really good about my life. Like, like you know, whatever, whatever ups and downs I've experienced in my life, I bet they will compare to that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not, right? Yeah. Hopefully not. Um... So at this point, Lacha comes back from the errand that Kostelnitschka had sent him on and tells Yanufa that he will marry her still, even though he knows about the baby. And um, she thanks him for his kindness, um, especially because, as, we, as you know, he had been visiting the cottage the whole time, thinking that she wasn't there, but she was actually just hiding in the other room. So she's actually overheard a lot of the conversations. 
Um, and so she's like, yeah, I've like heard all this stuff and like, I can see that you're like a good person and I am like, you know, I, we're good. And mind you, remember that Kostelnitschka told Lacha that the baby was dead when the baby was still alive. So now what she said is also matching up with his reality. Okay. And, and this is in the days before, like, Google Calendar. Like, like, one or two days here and there, you can fudge. Because, like, she thinks she's been asleep for two days and the baby died then, and he thinks the baby died at some, like, unspecified point. So, like, probably probably they're not going to compare calendars at any point. Okay. So now we're in Act 3, where it's two months later, uh, which means that it's springtime, and we're in, uh, still in Kostelnitschka's cabin, and um, Yennefer is preparing for her wedding later that day, to who? Lacha! Lacha, yes. That was I... the end of Act 2. That Lacha said that he would still yeah, marry her. Yeah, but she didn't agree yet in Act 2. Mm. Kind of, she did. Oh, I guess I didn't say that. Yeah, I was just like, she like thanked him for his kindness, which, mm. you know... For an Eastern European woman, when a man is kind to you, you're just like, oh my god, the bare minimum. <laughs> like, give it to me. <laughs> so she was like... You're giving me a lot of tips to like... <laughs> I mean, I, you lived in Bulgaria I, for so long, you should know. Yeah, I love it. Try to start, stop being an asshole in like all romantic relationships. Oh my god. I'm going to try to like think about the other person. Revelatory. I'm going to try to not cut them. Uh, but then also, like, visit their stepmother and, uh, mm. you know, say how much I love them. And then I'm going to take care of my brother's child. No, well, he said he wouldn't. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. He wouldn't. Yeah. Because, uh, They're okay. getting married. Yeah. They're getting married. Um, guests are showing up for the wedding, including the mayor and his wife. And they briefly talk about, like... Well, they talk with Yunufa about the Kostanichka, who really hasn't been the same since her, quote, illness. <laughs> she, no, Kostanichka, oh. the stepmom. Her illness. Yeah, her illness, because she hasn't felt like herself since she killed the <laughs> infant child. <laughs> and so and then the Kostelnichka's there and she's just like, yeah, I have all these sleepless nights and tortured thoughts. Um, Wait, did we drink for the kid getting killed? I don't think we did. Yeah, I think we have to. Like, we, we, we drank for the... We, when we thought the kid was killed. Yeah, we, that's, that's, yeah. Nazdra. Nazdra. But then she's, like, going off and talking about her, like, tortured thoughts and the stuff. And then she's just like, oh, my gosh, okay, uh, I got to pull it together for the wedding. And she's like, let's focus on the wedding. Um, and then alone, Yenufa and... Okay, Yenufa and Lacha are now alone. And Lacha has brought her flowers and she thanks him and is like you deserve better than me and he's like wait Lacha said that oh. no Yenufa says this to Lacha oh, okay. that he deserves better than her okay fine okay and he's the one who slashed her yeah 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 she hasn't done nothing wrong this whole play and uh so she's like you deserve better than me and he's like no no I've done my fair share of 
fair share of like bad stuff and like I'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to make it up to you which actually is like kind of a nice sentiment yeah. because still unclear about whether or not he did it on purpose or not slashing her cheek yeah I think this is one of those times where depending on the interpretation you see because it's all kind of like there's all the there's the in operas there's like the music and the 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 text of the words and kind of some stage directions but also like the director of the opera staging you're seeing can just be like well in this part i want them to act it this way and so that can also kind of change like the meaning and interpretation of what you've seen like i i listened uh to your episode on pagliacci mm-hmm. and how like there's debate over which character should say the final line of the opera. Yeah. And I guess that's up to the director. Yeah, I mean... And, 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 and it can, like, have a huge impact on, like, how you interpret it based on who who's saying the, the, the line. Yeah, actually, a couple months ago, I saw an opera, Salome, which there's an episode about, um, but I watched this opera, and there's this one scene where it's one long musical instrumental piece with no singing and it's a Mm. dance piece and normally it's a like seductive dance piece but the staging i saw made it more about showing this young woman growing up throughout the years which is a completely different meaning wait what do you mean in the original it's supposed to be a seductive dance piece like the way that it was like first staged or like yeah and in, in the way that it's usually mo- the most common way that it's reproduced is like it's very it's a very seductive dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that one, the whole the whole scene was like, or, or the whole dance was like someone growing up. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's super interesting. Yeah, and it 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 changes what you think or know about the characters, um, and so yeah, I think like depending on how someone interprets the story of this opera, then they can also be like, well, in this staging, I wanted him to be really innocent or like, Mm -hmm. I want him to not be. And you kind of just like, you have the words, but you can kind of feel, you have like the motions that you can kind of mess with. Mm. That's super interesting because that's like basically what happens in life. Like, depending on like who's telling you about something that happened or the mood you're in when you hear about what happened, it changes like your perception of what happened and like like, well i I don't remember this (laughs) yeah like i like i i i feel like a lot of life is sort of choosing how you choose to feel about something or how you choose to interpret it Mm -hmm. and so so the fact that like you know directors are, are taking like certain words that are written and that are the same in every opera and then making an interpretation on that. Uh, like kind of mirrors the way, you know, we live our lives and will make certain judgments based on who's telling us something or how they tell it or when they tell it or what mood we're in when they tell it. Yeah. I mean, I saw this staging and I was like, that's not what I expect from this dance. Like, <laughs> this dance is supposed to mean this and this thing. I was thing. trying to get off on this dance. Like, the fuck? Is this someone's life right now? Where are the titties? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So what happens in this opera? Like, what happens? In the rest of this one? Yeah. And what happens yeah. To, yeah. Let's, like, let's finish it. Um... 
So Yennefer and Lacha have their nice little moment. Um, and then Steva and Karolka, the woman that he's going to marry, arrive. Uh, and then Lacha and Yennefer have a nice little scene where they like kind of reconcile with them, where Lacha is like, you know, I invited Steva because like, I think we should kind of get a pet. Um, and get past yes, you know, he's my brother, like let's get okay, yeah. yeah. Um baby's dead, like this is in the past, like let's move forward. <laughs> yeah, so they're all talking, they like reconcile, uh and I think <laughs> it's kind of funny because Yanifa makes a comment about, you know, like Steva is, you know, very good looking and uh Lacha is very kind hearted. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> those are both nice things. When you put them next to each other, it's not so nice anymore. I know. And um Karolka goes like, Oh, like you don't have to say that, like you'll just keep inflating his ego even more. And Yenifa goes, Oh, is he still not over that? <laughs> Which I love. They're just like, sing. Um, and so, um, yeah, and so they, they kind of reconcile. And then uh, Lacha and Yenifa receive blessings from all the, like, elders there. So, like, the mayor and his wife from grandmother, uh, from Kushtelnik, Um And then while they're receiving blessings... All of a sudden, shouts are heard from outside that a body has been found in the ice. <laughs> in the ice. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and a shepherd boy runs in and explains. A shepherd boy. A shepherd boy. We're in the village. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm a uh, shepherd boy runs in and explains that some people found the like remains of a bot of a baby in the defrosting stream because it's springtime. So all the like ice that had covered the stream in the winter is now melting. Wait, this is two months later. Oh. Springtime. Springtime like it is now. Oh. It is springtime yeah. in Berlin. Yeah. Wait, so Kostelnichka mm-hmm. put the baby in the ice. Yeah. Like she, she, well, maybe it was flowing water. She put her, the baby in the ice and the baby froze in the ice somewhere near the village. And then two months later, it defrosted and someone found the baby. Yeah. The, the Czechs are fucking fucked up people. <laughs> like, like, you know, a slob came up with this shit. Like, the French aren't writing operas like this. The Italians aren't writing operas like this. This is fucking Slavs writing this shit. So, Yennefa is convinced that it's her baby, and... She doesn't know yet. She doesn't know that the baby was murdered. She knows that the baby died. And so her immediate reaction is to be like, well, that's my baby, and like... Can, can we drink to this? I feel like finding yeah. a baby's body in the frozen river, the defrosting river, is sad enough. It's tragic enough. Mm-hmm. So she's like, this is my baby. 
and then she gets upset and is like, how dare you take my baby out of his burial spot? Um, because, you know, when you bury someone, you don't expect to exhume them. And she's like getting upset that they're taking the baby out of the burial spot, um, which then leads everyone to think that she has actually killed the baby herself. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, yeah, she murdered the baby. Like, let's. Wait, wait, what do you mean everyone? Like, this is at the wedding. Yeah. And everyone is collectively like, There's a oh, wedding. Okay, 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 yeah. Oh, it makes sense that she killed the baby. Fuck her. Yeah. And then they all collectively. Yeah. Like, all right, so in opera, there's all these, like, the main characters that you see on the stage, but there's also, like, the chorus, which mm-hmm. is, like, generally used whenever you need, like, background singing or when you need, like, a bunch of people. And so this is, like, the chorus saying this okay. of, like, the the chorus of people who are attending the wedding. Yeah. And they're all saying, fuck her, she killed her baby. No. Oh. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, we should get this murderess. And then Lacha is like, you can't put a hand on her. And he, like, steps up to defend her, which is, you know. He, he put a knife on her, though. Like, let's be honest. Like, eight months ago, he cut her. Mm-hmm. Time moves fast. (laughs) And, yeah, as this is all growing to, like, a very stressful situation, Kostanska confesses and explains everything and is just like, no, like, she didn't do it. I killed the baby. And then she goes into vivid detail describing how she killed the baby and is like, I took it out and I, like, there was the ice and I, like... (sighs) put a hole in the ice and I put the baby under and my arms froze from like the feeling of death. That's <laughs> right. I lost it for a moment there. Mm-hmm. I think we should cheers yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, but, um, it just, just, it confirms to me that just love wrote this opera, like describing in detail how you kill a baby. <laughs> that was not necessary. Like this opera was already good before they like gave the details of how to kill a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So please carry on. Um. So. Yennefer hears this and it's just like, oh my god. Wait, god. everyone's cool with this? They're no, like... Yennefer hears this and is like, get away from me. She's like very repulsed. Mm-hmm. And everyone's a little bit like freaking out. Like, how could this happen? How could you do that? Like, um, and then eventually, like, within minutes, reflects and Kostanushka's also kind of like talking about like how she wanted, like, the best and all of this stuff. Um, and she wanted to save Yennefer's future. And, and Yennefer was like, I understand her motivations. Um, and, like, she is ready to also face the consequences. So I don't think that we should necessarily... She forgives her, in a way. She I forgives mean, I, her I stepmother who killed her child. I don't know how much of what I said earlier you've cut out a 
of this podcast. Um, but I feel like this vindicates me a bit that, that Yennefer, the mother of this child, was like, maybe she had a point in killing the kid. Like, not, not that it was the right thing to do, but that, like, you can empathize with the reasons why. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so um, also kind of, like, at the same time, because it's in, in opera, these, like, scenarios where, like, these big reveals happen, there's, like, all the subplots that have been happening also have, like, little conversations all at the same time. So that's one thing. But then at the same time, Karolka is turning to Steva and being, like, is this on your conscience? Like, what the hell? Like, what? You're part of this? Like, you're part of this, like, fucked up shit? Like, you contributed to this? And then she's like, I'm not going to marry you. And then she was like, and no woman in this village will ever marry you. Yeah, so, you know, Shtema's kind of fucked, too. Uh, And so at this point, Kostelnichka gets, like, walked off to face the consequences of her actions. What, what are the consequences of her actions in 1904 Moravia? I would, like, is she being put in a trial? Is she being executed? Are they giving her a slap on the wrist? Like, what, what's going on? Uh, I, I don't know. This It's not revealed in the opera. Oh. So, now that this whole revelation has come out, uh, and, you know, because Yennefer has forgiven Kostinichka and, um, but, you know, they're still at their wedding day. And Yennefer turns to Lacha and says, like, you know, given everything that's happened, like, you don't really have to marry me. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, there's going to be court trials, and there's this whole dramatic story, and that's a lot to deal with, and I, you, you really, it takes a lot of man to deal with this, and you don't have to. And he's just like, no, I still love you, and they profess their love for each other, and they remain committed to each other, and that's the end of the opera. What? That's the end of the opera. Two people remaining committed to each other. You asked me for something romantic. Oh my god, I'm so pleased. Like it's uh, romantic in the end, right? I like when I think about this opera, I think about killing babies. Um, but then I was like, wait, there is romance. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so like I wasn't expecting that. Mm -hmm. Um I'm happy to see two people committing to, like, look out for each other in spite of, like, horrible circumstances around them. That's not what I expected from my opera. And... Not what we expected from Lacha, who slashed her cheek. But maybe he's a changed no, man. No, but it, it, it gives me hope for all the women against whom I've committed violence that, like, maybe it'll work out at the end. <laughs> Okay, so I listened to a couple episodes of this podcast, and I think that um, both operas that were covered in the episodes I listened to this week were written by Italians. Which ones did you listen to? Madama Butterfly and uh, Pagliacci. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, both Italians. Um, and both of them were really fucking sad. And they, they, they felt like uh, the, the author was trying to make them as traumatic as possible. Well, I think it's such a great thing that you listened to Madame Butterfly because when I was trying to prep for this episode, Steva really reminded me of Pinkerton in Madame Butterfly, where, like, he denies her and denies her Mm -hmm. and then is just completely ruined in the end by her death. And Steva, in the same way, like, denies and denies her throughout, like, the entirety of the opera and then is just ruined and it's not even like ruined because he's like upset about what happened i mean maybe he is and that's like up to how they do it on the on whatever you're watching but i mean he's ultimately ruined because like his reputation is destroyed okay but it's it's he ruined by the fact that he's married that she's marrying his brother or or his no i don't think he is because he was like in love he was in love with Karoka. Like, he's not in mm. love with Yenifa anymore because she doesn't have her rosy cheeks. <laughs> so so he's ruined at the end because his reputation is ruined because he's impregnated her, treated her like shit, and then this has come um, into the public eye in the town. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, he was trying to hide and suppress this, and now it's suddenly like. But what, but he didn't know that she was pregnant, right? But, I mean, he did eventually. Okay. Like in the first act, it's unclear if he knows. Uh, but like by the second act, when she's already has had the kid and mm-hmm. been repeatedly asking for him, then yeah, he then, should. Then know. when he says, "I will marry you if you." Or, like, I will give you money if you say this kid isn't mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't tell anyone that this kid's mine. Yeah. Yeah. Are we drinking to this? We should drink to finishing the opera. Finishing the opera. Cheers. Um, so, one theme that stands out to me in this opera is that men are <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, really? Not even Lacha? La- I think okay, Lacha's okay. also shit. Why is Lacha shit? How is Lacha not shit? Okay. He's, like, okay. always teasing her for liking someone else and, like, always trying to, like, goad her into liking him and stuff. And then he fucking hurts her because she doesn't like him. And he just, like, pines so much and doesn't let it go. Uh, and then is like, well, I realize the wrong of my ways and now I'm making it up. I just feel like Yenova is dealt a hand of like shit men. I see that. Um, I feel like you don't have that much choice if you're living in Moravia in 1904 in a village. Mm. Um, I feel like Lacha did commit a major act of violence against Yenifa, mm-hmm. which which is not great. It's yeah. not a good look to to slice someone who you're trying to get with. I don't support that. But he 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 paid his penance. Mm-hmm. He he showed up um, and and talked with um, Kolitnika. 
Kostelnička. <laughs> he showed up and he talked with Kostelnička. Um, and I feel like he redeemed himself. I, I, I feel like it was ambiguous as to whether he sliced her or not. And if he did, like... Well, intentionally or not. Like, it was, yeah, yeah. No, well, it's he, ambiguous like, is the intention. Yeah, yeah. Like, he definitely sliced her cheek. And if it was intentional, he should fuck off forever. But if not, like, maybe he does deserve a chance at Kostelnička's cabin. Dime. Would you go see this opera? Do you want to see this opera? For all the non-English, for not the non-Spanish speakers, please. Okay. Um, yes, I'd like to see this opera with you, specifically. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go see the Stadtsop? I would. Yeah. I would actually gladly see this I'd opera like see a second time. Yeah. Can I wear the same outfit I'm wearing tonight? Mm-hmm. I think it was a very good outfit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would like to say I would see this opera with you. Um, okay. If you aren't there, I'd think about it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I would see it even if you weren't there. Um, I would. I no. I would definitely see this opera. I I feel like um, I grew up in a Slavic country. Um, and this opera is definitely written by a Slav, really depressed, really Christian. Okay, would you ever go to the opera by yourself? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Which kind As of on, what? Which kind of opera would you go to by yourself? Uh, a fancy asshole. Like, I want to wear a suit and drink champagne. Like, I think that's the main point of the opera. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it's not for you, but for me, it's like I want to. Put on the suit, put on my wife beater, and and then, <laughs> and then get champagne during the intermission. Maybe a coffee, maybe a pretzel. I've heard you eat pretzels in Berlin. I love eating pretzels at the intermission at the opera. The Deutsche Oper has the best pretzels. Really? Yeah. I don't want the opera houses to come after me for their pretzel quality, but Deutsche Oper has a great Buta pretzel. Buta? Yeah. Buta pretzel. I highly oh. recommend the pretzel that has Okay, when I say bratze, and that's what Germans call pretzels in English. Um, You've really been doing your Duolingo. I've also just been living in Germany. For four years? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so it's a pretzel that just has butter injected into it. and Injected into it? Yeah, it's truly injected. Like the, the <laughs> Butterbratzel, the Deutsche Oper, it's not like it's been sliced and they put butter inside. It's like they like put holes in it and they injected butter into it. <laughs> and that's why I think the Butterbratzel at the Deutsche Oper is the best one. Um, there's See, no. this is the kind of gossip I want from an opera podcast. Who has the best... <laughs> Injected butter pretzels. Because Staatsoper and Komisch Oper don't offer butter pretzels, they just offer regular pretzels which are dry. Okay. Anyway. So, so can we go to the Staatsoper and then also to the Deutsche Oper? Yeah, yeah. And then compare the pretzel. I mean, I just gave you the comparison, but we can do it if you need but, that for you. Yes, I did it. I do my own experience. Yeah. Um, okay, so Maxwell, 
Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you. Like, Uh, your your passion for the opera was clear from the first time I met you. And, um, no, it's a pleasure to be on a show with someone who cares so deeply about the opera Mm -hmm. and is so willing to share their experience. I've heard Berlin's preeminent opera podcast. Hey, no, it is. It is a preeminent opera podcast. <laughs> Thank you to everyone for listening. And this has been another episode of Opera Apero. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something new. Yeah, if you like this episode, follow social media because I post updates there. So that's opera.apero on Instagram and opera apero on Twitter. Uh, and. Give a five-star review on Spotify because yeah. Spotify introduced ratings. I feel yes, about that. I do. And mm-hmm. Apple has ratings. You know what I rated you? Four. <laughs> I rated you five stars. Okay. Of course. Um, so, so, so read, read Sophia five stars on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Buy her a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, like her on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And we hope you listen to that next one. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.